0: Hi, my name's Hutton, and I'm a geoholic.
1: All right, y'all, this is Nick with Bad Elf for another Geoholics Tech Minute. Today I want to talk about the GPS world, some exciting news over the last few weeks. Last week, SpaceX successfully launched an updated GPS satellite for the U.S. Space Force. It's a GPS-3 uh, satellite. It's going to replace a less powerful GPS satellite, maintaining the total number at 31 total satellites in the constellation. This third GPS satellite um, is uh, gonna be launched into orbit, like I said, on SpaceX's second launching of a GPS spacecraft. Uh, It's part of a block of satellites known as GPS-3. It's designed and built by Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin claims that compared to older GPS spacecraft, this GPS-3 satellite has three times better accuracy and eight, up to eight times improved anti-jamming capabilities. Sounds pretty awesome if you ask me. Additionally, the Chinese have also put up another satellite. This is uh, part of the BeiDou constellation. And... Um, this satellite uh, completes their 35-satellite uh, constellation at a cost of $10 billion. You may say the space race is, uh, is heating up, but it's good for all of us. That's going to be it for the Tech Minute. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that at Nick, that's N-I-K, at bad-elf.com. That's Nick, N-I-K, at bad-elf.com. You guys have a great one. Thank you. Cheers.
2: You ready, boys?
3: I can't wait.
2: Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Geoholics. My name is Kent, a.k.a. Dilfy Dilf, and I am here with my good friends, Big Shoots and producer Jake. And we just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast from literally all corners of the world. It's pretty crazy. This is episode 45. You guys ready for this? also known as the Donald Trump episode. Oh, you
3: blew it. Right? <laughs> oh. 45. 45. I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to <laughs> sidetrack and go with Pedro Martinez, you know. Oh, I was
2: going to go Michael Jordan, but <laughs> the, anyways. The, the
3: lesser known Michael Jordan. Yep. Don't, no, get,
2: I, don't get triggered, anybody. It's just a joke, you uh, know. We're not bringing politics into this. No wonder
3: I had no idea on that one. Didn't send
2: but. me a bunch of emails, you know, giving me a hard time.
3: I was all excited about Pedro Martinez throwing Don Zimmer to the ground and the Yankees are my daddies and all that good stuff from the (laughs) early 2000s.
2: Absolutely. So anyways, please consider joining the Geoholics Fan Club for every 25 bucks you contribute to the Geoholics GoFundMe account. You'll receive a Geoholics Fan Pack. And let me tell you, people are loving the new swag. So it's 25 bucks. Come on. You got it. Just do
3: it to make me work and send it to you.
2: Absolutely. That opening number is Tom Cochran. Uh, the name of the song is Life is a Highway. Mr. Cochran is a Canadian musician best known as the frontman for the rock band Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe, and for his work as a solo singer-songwriter. He has won eight Juno Awards, is a member of the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, an officer, I don't even know what this means, of the Order of Canada, And has an honorary doctorate from Brandon University. In September 2009, he was inducted into the Canadian Walk of Fame and a little (laughs) Kent concert nugget. You're going to get a kick out of this. Red Rider" was my very first official concert. That's, That's awesome. First concert I bought a ticket to was Red Rider. Had to be in like nineteen sixty four or something Nin- like Nineteen eighty three. <laughs> Thirty four. Nineteen eighty three was part of like this music festival and uh, who else is there? Uh Quarter Flash and a band called shooting star which i still love to this day so the loop rock fest i think it was called so and
3: within like the last 20 years of history that song was covered by i believe rascal flats and put in the
2: cars movie no kidding yeah there you go no idea look at the stuff you learn on this show the young man crazy (laughs) shout out to our friends of the program uh without these folks we would not be here
3: our first one's got to be bad elf gps you all heard dr nick and his tech minute uh, they're successfully developing high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. Thanks to Dr. Nick again with the Bad Elf Tech Minute. Uh, mention the Geoholics when you give them a call on the Flex GN. Is it GP, GNSS. GNSS, and you can get $100 off your purchase and a pretty sweet Bad Elf hat.
2: That's are really cool, absolutely. Land Surveyors United, the largest global community of GMNX professionals on the Internet with about 17,000 members. I think you mentioned it last time. We are at 14,800 downloads, if mm-hmm. you can believe that. We're going to catch up to those guys. We're going to pass them, no doubt about it. Are we going to hit that 15? Are, we're going to hit 15, no doubt. no doubt. Easy. Yep. already got plans for the tattoo. Don't worry about it. They don't so, involve me. We'll talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Justin Farrow, uh, he's the mind behind that effort, and you can find them at landsurveyorsunited.com. And the challenge is to take five minutes, check out the website, register, and download our app straight from the website.
3: Is Mr. Farrow staying healthy there in Florida?
2: He is. I just talked to him the other day, as Ah, a matter of fact.
3: Excellent. Like a
2: virtual happy hour. It was interesting. I saw that
3: (laughs) Uh, also our newest edition is LIDAR news the virtual home of the LIDAR industry they strive to provide their readers and sponsors with the most current information about 3d laser scanning LIDAR unmanned aerial systems and photogrammetry the LIDAR news team focuses on the application of technology to solve 3d problems. And they are at LiDARnews.com.
2: Nicely done, shoots. Uh We also have Parkland College Land Survey Program in beautiful Champaign, Illinois. Two schedule options which provide opportunities to both traditional and working adults to achieve a certificate or associate's degree in land surveying. That's hard to find these days. I'm sure most everything is going to be done virtually. Check them out, parkland.edu forward slash
3: surveying and then we have Diamondback Land Surveying Mr. Trent popeye Cavs Keenan specializes in res- residential commercial and public works projects corporate office is located in Las Vegas but they are licensed to work across the west also proud sponsor and brand brand ambassador man oh man diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsinthesurvey.com gkis.com
2: yep uh, also need to make mention Trent is also a fellow future bronco owner
0: Oh, wow. he's, he's already ordered it. Yep. Are you? Are you also in that club? I'm on the list. They look like the wow. they look
2: like jeeps. Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> all right, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc. You can find them at agsgps.com. Unbeatable deals on new and used equipment, equipment rentals, and supplies. In fact, if you go to agsgps.com forward slash shop and use the promo code GEO fifteen, you will get fifteen percent off all regular price field supplies, accessories, and Safety equipment.
3: Can we order like one of those big rentals just for fun? The Sherp? Yeah.
2: Mm, I want to, believe me. Oh,
3: yeah. Well. I
2: want to drive one of those things at some point for sure.
3: N- and just real quick to go back. Yeah. Did Trent order the Bronco with the Diamondback Land Surveying logo on the side already? or he, I think that's aftermarket. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me
2: just tell you this. He ordered two Broncos. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Does that mean you ordered three? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Here we are in P. Yeah, producer Jake's Beat Lab Studio. So awesome to actually have an in-studio guest with us this evening. First time in like three months, so this is going to be a lot of fun. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Let's catch up with the boys a little bit. Producer Jake, how are you now? Doing good, guys. Uh, Great to have you guys here.
0: Had to switch over to the kitchen table a little bit more professional for uh, today's guest. Uh, Can't be on the couch, Um, but... Yeah, not a whole lot going on. I have a uh, Netflix recommendation as I usually do. Recently, um, this is kind of—it's a new show that just came out. Um, kind of weird. It's called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Do you guys see this at all?
3: Mm-mm.
2: I saw it, but I have not watched it. Yeah, that's yeah. one—that's one dreamy dude. Yeah, it, this is this is <laughs> not
0: your high school musical Zac or Disney Zac Efron. It's pretty cool. It's it's like more about like sustainable energy and like the first couple. The first episode, he goes to um, Iceland to talk about like how they. Um, get like all of their energy from like steam from the volcanic like area and stuff around there so it's pretty cool it's like easy to watch and it's not super like technical um but yeah it's a cool definitely check it out um, makes me want to go to iceland for sure once this is all over and swim in those like cool blue lagoons and everything <laughs> where don't you want to go gonna say, are yeah. you gonna sail there or uh, yeah that'd be <laughs> a hell of a sail but we could probably make it happen <laughs> But yeah, definitely check it out yeah. if you want. That's pretty cool, We like that so far. So, um, right on. and then secondly, did you guys see this morning about Grant Imahara from MythBusters? Yeah, yeah that he died, was forty right? yeah. nine. Wow, that he's was a young man. Mm-hmm. That was like growing up MythBusters. That was like awesome. Like him and um, was it Corey and Carrie, oh. and then Adam and like that was yep. that I did, we definitely grew up on that. So and then I hadn't checked out their new show. Have you guys seen that? I saw White Rabbit Project or something. Right. Have you seen it? Yep. Yeah, so I might check that one out now, too. I think it's like kind of like a little bit of a spinoff it or something. Is. But, yeah, yeah that, that was pretty sad. 49, what, brain aneurysm or something. Yeah. But
3: love that show growing up. You get up. too smart and your brain just explodes. That's right. <laughs> That's why I stay stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: PJ, I got a question for you because I know you're a huge uh, Elon Musk fan. Sure. Uh, are you familiar with a company called Sex Doll Genie? No. Is this one of his companies? Well, this is a company based out of the UK. It's a husband and wife owned company, and they have extended an offer to your good buddy, Elon Musk, to provide companionship for the astronauts piloting the Starship to Mars in 2024. Wow. Did he respond to that? I don't know. I don't know if he inked the deal yet, but I just came across that today. Man, Yeah, because oh what's the trip to Mars is in like three or four months or something? Uh,
0: I think like eight months, isn't it? not a rocket scientist oh, not yet and
3: sanitizing and oh <laughs> gross
0: yeah that's interesting i'd like to uh, it, knowing him that's the kind of stuff that he responds to so i'm sure he'll tweet at them or something <laughs> yeah it,
3: they'll get a response for yeah. sure yeah he's he's hilarious. outlandish like that for sure
2: yep no doubt
0: but anyway ryan how are you
3: i cannot complain i have to obligatory throw this out there I am here on my anniversary tonight, boys. Happy so, anniversary, I'm going to throw it out to the lovely Carrie. Happy anniversary. Not that she listens, but hey, why not? It'll get you out of the doghouse. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I am forever in that. Isn't that <laughs> called marriage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did finally watch this. Was it Catching Bubbles, Chasing Bubbles? Oh, Chasing Bubbles. I on, finally watched it. Oh, oh, my goodness. You guys, like, I started it late at night, and it sucked me in. Definitely. So I was up until like twelve thirty in the morning watching it, nice. and that was quite the adventure. Yes, Going it across, was. Th- that dude like comes across as just a regular guy, but he was obviously extremely intelligent, absolutely, and yep. just a, a personable person. And yeah, I, I don't want to spoil the ending, but if you haven't checked it out, yeah. you definitely need to. Yeah, I would recommend it. I I got talked into it by these guys, and I was not disappointed. So. Uh, other than that, you remember the show Fringe? Did you guys watch that one? No, I think I've heard about I it. I'm know. getting back into that one. For, Is that like, like a from police? FBI, okay. the Fringe Crime. Division, Crime. and uh, the, there was a guy from the Howard Stern show, Eric the Midget, Eric the Actor. I don't know midget's a bad word nowadays, but he's <laughs> Little person. The, yeah, he was Eric the Actor, and he was on there, and uh carrie started watching it and i was like oh i can't wait to see the one episode this guy's in <laughs> it's been like three weeks and we finally got to that one so <laughs> that uh is a better show than i remembered so i uh, in jake's fashion of here's my recommendation go back and watch it if you haven't already so that's, that's
0: been the trend recently
3: go back and watch old TV. yeah
0: recommendations
3: and yeah I, th- I think it was like three or four seasons it was an, a decent amount of television so it it Th- uh, we watch it on Amazon Prime TV. There so you If you if you're, if you're privil- privileged enough to have that, go for it. Have but you been watching
2: any uh, Inter Squad baseball games? Not yet. Not I'm yet?
3: waiting for the real deal. I have, however, seen quite a few clips of U.N. Cespedes, and damn, I'm excited. Mm. I'm gonna put some money down on those guys. Not I yet? think I think it's gonna be a good year. They got. Decent amount of pitching. is uh, healthy. Pete Alonzo's looking a little like me in the gut, but <laughs> he'll he'll still hit. Yeah, uh, you know, sixty games. He'll hit twenty dingers. So, yeah. what about you, Kent? What's going on?
2: Uh, well, speaking of putting money down, I kind of let the cat out of the bag already. I did put a hundred bucks. That's all it cost was a hundred bucks to put a uh, get a, a reservation, I guess, for the new Bronco, the twenty twenty one Bronco. I am a huge fan of those late sixty Broncos, and I was kind of waiting. Um, pins and needles to see what this new Bronco was going to look like. And, oh, my God, they absolutely freaking nailed it. So um, it's like a year out. So a whole lot could happen in a year. Who knows? But the problem is, I mean, they have got way too many options. <laughs> There's like literally s- seven or eight different I guess, um, levels of trim packages that you can buy and just option after option after option. So I opted for the middle option. And uh, when the time comes for us to actually finalize things, we'll see kind of how it all comes together. But the Black Diamond, the Outer Banks, which outer one? Banks, outer you Banks, Outer yep. Banks. That's the one I went for Outer Banks, but there's some upgrades I definitely want to do to it. And if you look at it, it's it's just man, oh man. Each one has has like something that you want and stuff that you don't. So it's like a trap. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I'm super stoked about it. And uh, also, uh, you mentioning putting money down. Jake did not mention it, but Saturday night. We were here watching ufc i tried to forget about that putting some wagers down on the uh, on the boys and the girls for that matter mm-hmm. and we uh, had bets
0: every which way every fighter <laughs> like we had a lot of money going around <laughs> it's <was> awesome
2: <laughs> it was awesome i uh, i ended up going three out of four on uh, on my wagers the fourth one should have been a winner mm-hmm. and then i would have actually won some real money but essentially broke even so but it was still a lot of fun
3: well jake is somebody that loves gambling i assume did you see that dude that won, like, almost a million bucks on the golf tournament over the weekend?
2: No,
0: did he bet on the uh, young kid? Did yeah,
3: he... he was putting down money, like, every day as the odds changed mm, as really? he was playing. And he ended up clearing just about a million bucks.
0: Yeah, that's, like, the second... I've for- I don't know how to pronounce his name. Mo- Mar- Mar-
3: Maramoto or Yeah, something like Markimodo. Young guy, but he's only
0: ever won twice. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty ballsy bet to put money every
3: day on that guy and yeah. then dustin thomas had that long putt and then he just yeah. put one in right after oh my god that was amazing mm-hmm. i did see that yeah and dustin thomas
2: he had a shot to win it and yeah. he just he kind of blew it but it happens it's freaking golf and I, tons I, I of can't pressure putt, so.
3: like under regular circumstances with no consequences and these guys are literally half a million bucks difference so I, on a putt and they're doing it oh exactly that's what that's what makes them pros
2: no doubt about it all right let's move on here the safety apparel geoshare find safety apparel at safetyapparel.us they have the best safety apparel on the planet topic is pretty lighthearted this week um this is from yahoo sports so there's this gentleman his name is steve goodchild he's 73 years old he's a retired land surveyor in the uk so he spent the last three months during the COVID lockdown, working 13 hours a day, Jake, you're gonna love this, to complete his build of a 16 foot wooden sailbait, sailbait, sailboat, jailbait, sailbait, <laughs> sailboat. <laughs> it, it can happen. Named uh, Barnacle. <clears throat> this was a project that collectively took over three years. Only problem was he built it in his living room, right? <laughs> and he had it all figured out. I mean, he's a, he's a surveyor, he's an expert measurer, and he thought he had his exit plan all figured out, you know and uh unfortunately uh, midway through it he kind of changed the course of his design and he added unfortunately a couple inches to the width of the boat so it literally forced him to like take doors off of his house in order to get it out <laughs> and there's pictures of it on uh, yahoo sports and stuff like that so it's pretty cool
0: did he get it in the water though
2: he did yep he did he did indeed that's awesome yep so Jake, I think you should build a boat. I think we should. That's yeah. how we're going to get to
3: Iceland. I was gonna, do we have room in here to build a boat? <laughs> yeah, we go right down the stairs. I was and say, the get door. down the
0: stairs, right? <laughs> Maybe
2: I bring a crane. We can get out one of the patios. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to our guest this evening. I'm super excited about this. We've got a couple, um, couple curlers. And here's the thing that's really funny about this. Every time we either talk about curling on the show or we have a curler on the show. We actually had uh, John Landsteiner on the show in, uh, a couple months ago when they were in Phoenix. And it's, it's amazing the response that we get to those episodes. So people are interested in the sports. There's no doubt about it. We've got with us tonight Daryl Horseman and Corey Dropkin. So let me give you a little bio on both these guys real quick. Uh, a little bit about Daryl. We'll do uh, Age Before Beauty. Um, born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. His dad was a civil engineer, actually, and worked for Canadian Pacific Rail. So they moved around a lot, and he spent a number of years in Winnipeg, Regina, Calgary, did I say that right? Yep. Well, Virginia just fun to say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Edmonton and Vancouver. He yeah. originally wanted to be a physiotherapist. So he yeah. went to university right out of high school, but just missed getting stepped into the program. Yeah. He was pretty disappointed. So he parlayed his efforts into business. His first business book was Trump's Art of the Deal. Loved so it. I, it was one of the first books I read, honest to God. Yeah. Like without Life-changing. Yes, I totally agree. I totally <laughs> yes. agree with that. <laughs> when not curling or teaching curling, he likes to act, go to the gym, hike, and what's this last thing here? Play guitar. Yeah. Didn't I know that? I should have brought my guitar. Yeah, you could have taught uh, me how acoustic. to play it. Yeah. Absolutely. We've already
3: had one guitar player on the show. That was <laughs> That didn't go so well.
2: So he, uh, this is a funny story, he sucked at hockey, so he started curling at seven years old, coming up through the Canadian Junior Program. Curling has always been about the experience, the people, the places you go, and not so much the trophy case, except, this is really cool, last year, December 2019, you represented the USA in an inaugural Eastern Canada Curling Tour event called the Can-Am Cup, correct? Yeah, that's right. This is awesome. Played two games every day for 18 days. It's kind of like the Ryder Cup of golf. He skipped and led one of the team of five, and we ended up beating the best of Canada with a total group score of USA 623, Canada 613. U.S. That was freaking US It was a
4: big, big win. We, we actually won it on the very last day at the very last uh, draw.
2: Holy crap. That What an amazing yes. experience. Yeah. And you're also one of the founding fathers of the Coyotes Curling Club, correct?
4: Yeah. Luckily, I was a part of a group of six people that, uh, back in 2003, uh, put 1000 bucks down, rented some ice, and said, let's make a go of it.
2: So it's kind of like a wager.
4: Totally like a wager. <laughs> no 7s, no uh, 11s. Let's no. go. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> All right, let's get on to the beauty part of the program. We got Corey Dropkin, A little bit about Corey. Corey, born in Boston. Nothing grew, wrong with that. Grew I, got, up in I, got South I got the Red Brown, Sox hat on today for him. Right? Moved to Duluth, <laughs> Minnesota seven years ago, the, basically the epicenter of curling. He uh, is attending the University of Minnesota Duluth, and he's working on getting a business degree. Hobbies include exercising, golfing, cooking, developing youth curling. Uh, His curling resume is pretty substantial, three-time U.S. Junior Champion, 2 times U.S. Mixed Doubles Champion, World Junior Silver Medalist, U.S. Men's Olympic Team Trial Finalist, first men's U.S. team to win a grand slam of curling event, and most importantly, some might say the creator of KD's club which we're going to talk more about here in just a minute most recent <laughs> highlight is playing f- he played in a uh, in an event with a few young curlers and i believe their ages were 8, 10 and 14 years old uh they're students of his and this was a mixed event in Duluth i think it was called the Dunlop and they won the tournament and he shared a uh, a video of it and uh, Oh my God! It was it was awesome. It was awesome. It was such a great moment, such a pure moment. You know that last rock. You guys won. Blah blah blah. And the kids were just so so excited. So Daryl and Corey, thank you so much for being on the Geoholics. Welcome.
5: Thank you, Ken. Yeah,
2: thanks thank for Ryan. having Appreciate us, guys. That, Absolutely. So let's uh, let's circle back on just a couple of things. First of all, I'm so stoked to have you guys here. We've got a lot to talk about. It's funny to me. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, everybody is kind of at a minimum intrigued by the sport of curling. And I cannot tell you, I mean, I've only been curling for like five years, but I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people, and as soon as I mention curling, it's like this door suddenly opens, (laughs) and you are like their hero, and they're just like, you're a curler? You gotta be kidding me how, just question after question, they're just hammering you about it, and next thing you know, you're like inking a multi-million dollar deal, who knows, you know? It's just, it's unbelievable the doors of curling (laughs) opens, Um, and it's kind of like the same thing. Like I mentioned, you know, every time we mention curling on the podcast, the the uh, the response is unbelievable. People love it. So thank you guys again for being here.
3: Is curling mentioned in the Art of the Deal?
2: I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I'm gonna have to flip through my my copy. No, absolutely. So you guys have both had really amazing curling careers and, and really for and kind of taking some different paths you know Durrell, you know you've you continue to curl competitively literally across North America and spend countless hours being an ambassador for the game uh, you know introducing new curlers to the sport and teaching curlers from beginners to uh, even at, at the elite level at the intricacies of the game and Corey, you know you're at a little different point in your career of course and you're basically riding a rocket ship to start them and currently being the skip of Team Dropkin, also known as the Young Bucks, and making a huge (laughs) splash on the world curling stage as well as finding time to create a virtual program for young curlers called Katie's Club. Point being, we've got two awesome perspectives here to tap into, so I did want to, for our listeners, a little bit about curling, just a little history lesson. Let's call it History of Curling 101. And really, kind of go off a little bit here, curling and surveying are similar in a lot of different ways Agreed. And, here, and here's where i'm going with this curling is quite possibly the oldest team sport one of them it is for sure Surveying is the second oldest profession in the world what's uh what's the
3: oldest the
2: <laughs> you know what it is you know what it is
3: ah threw that one out there <laughs> yeah
2: prostitution of course <laughs> of course <laughs> of course Cur- curling started like From my, you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, 16th century Scotland, 1838, from what I saw, was the first curling club.
4: 1511.
2: 1511? Yes, sir. Even older. That's like 300, how did I miss it by 300 years? It happens. (laughs) A round Typical (laughs) surveyor. (laughs) (laughs) Plus or minus, good enough for state work. (laughs) Uh, Debuted in the Olympics in 1924. Correct. Demo Olympic sport after that from like 1932, 1988, 1992. Yeah came back officially in 1998 and USA medaled in 2006 and got the men's bronze. Yep. And of course, 2018 men's gold with team Schuster.
4: Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and of course led by the amazing lead John Landsteiner. Uh, so USA, <laughs> USCA. And is that the same thing as USA curling? Is it how they kind of one of the same? The yep. same? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's yep, the governing body. That's the governing body. And again, 185 clubs, plus or minus, mm-hmm. in the States. Approximately 23,500 curlers Correct. is what I've seen. I mean, I'm just a plus or minus, obviously. And on their website, the goal of the USCA is to grow the sport of curling in the United States and win medals in competitions both domestically, domestic and abroad.
4: Yeah, I think currently there's only five states in the U.S. that uh, do not have any form of curling.
2: Wow.
5: Yeah, which is huge. It sounds about right.
2: So prior to the pandemic, you know, this definitely seemed to be trending in the right direction. And we're gonna get that more in just a little bit. But one of the things I wanna make sure we talk about is this latest documentary that came out and it's called Anything Is Possible. So make sure when you search for that on YouTube, you say anything is possible curling, because if you just say anything is possible, a gazillion things comes up. <laughs> so uh, both Daryl and Corey starred in that, uh, that documentary and little known fact at 2603 to 2605, there's, I, I am in the video. There's a cameo of me in there. And in that shot, myself, Daryl, and Corey are all in the same shot. Oh what? That's I what swear, God, swear what? to God. That's crazy. Dude, that big crazy. breakthrough. It is crazy. It was, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, because it was at the uh, the Hollywood thing. No, Wow. Well, was at the wrench? When, no, no,
4: no. Yeah. The, the, the
2: part that I'm in it was oh. in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah out on the ice. Well, and right, Jerry, at 2613 to 2630, the love of megan my wife (laughs) she also has a cameo i feel feel like this guy i've
3: memorized his (laughs) (laughs) portion i made notes of that
2: yeah absolutely (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the cool thing about anything is possible is you know it basically focuses on the purity of the sport and you know the growth of curling in the united states both of you are extremely passionate about making sure this happens so daryl yep you've taught over eighteen thousand people to curl since 2003 give or take a few yeah unbelievable corey this is also something that you are obviously passionate about with katie's club and i'm gonna let you talk about that a little bit more here in a minute for um, sure again a quick parallel comparison between curling and serving i just got to get this in there one more time oh, no. curling is like this cult sport right and surveying is like this you know niche profession mm. and we face the same Challenges, and that is getting folks introduced to both the profession of serving and the sport of curling. Mm. So, from a curling perspective, and Daryl, we're going to start with you. Okay, where does this start, and why is it so challenging?
4: Well, I guess uh, from a, from a U.S. perspective, you know, there most of the curling is done in the cold weather climates. You know, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> oh you're watching it now <laughs> yeah and um uh whereas in let's say canada or a lot of the european co- countries it's it's with uh it's, it starts in school so I, I learned how to play you know hockey and dodgeball and 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 curling um so it's 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 you know let's say in florida uh, there's no parent there saying well gosh what do we can put little jimmy in or what little jane in you know like we got soccer we've got the easy sports you know t-ball you don't even think about curling because curling's not on the radar. So I, th- so I think we've got a, I don't say an image problem, but we just have an exposure problem. We, we need to make a little bit more mainstream in, in the uh, non-typical
2: curling uh, climates. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Corey, what do you got to add to that?
5: Yeah, I think it's just a rare sport to get involved with. I mean, I think growing up, the typical sports are, you know, between soccer, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Um, and I was involved in track and soccer when I was young um but you know curling biggest reason why i got involved in curling is because my my parents both curled my dad was the first one to start my family and he was uh he had a huge role in the youth curling program in whalen massachusetts at broomstones and so i kind of just you know grew up within the sport and uh and you know thankfully just latched on like uh like my family did
4: yeah and i think i think you know if if you look at uh you know, baseball, hockey for sure. Like that's that's what I'm. You know, you, I I couldn't skate worth hacks. I you know I had a, a pair of crappy Bauer skates uh, that were too loose, so my uh, by, my ankles were were swollen every every after every practice. You know, but it, I I think Corey the and, and you might know as well, but it's per game to curl is like two and a half bucks, three three dollars. Like for all the for all the uh, the equipment, whereas hockey. Is over like 150 bucks per, per hour to, to, to play the game. Yeah. So, if more parents could, you know, if you, if you could put a sheet out there for, for, let's say, school or in your murals or whatever, and say, here, what do you want to put a little Janie in? Yeah. Would, you know, basically, you know, aluminum bat, some cleats, a helmet, you're into it for 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Or you could borrow the club's broom or you could borrow the school's broom where uh, just put a, you know, a, a slider on your foot and for two and a half bucks, you can go and, 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 and have as much fun safer with, you know, concussions or whatever um, for two hours.
3: I don't know. I've heard of some curling injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Kent has talked somebody into going curling and what did the guy do first I mean, time you, you out? He like tore his ACL or something. <laughs> I don't know.
4: So, well, it is <laughs> not, not the best example. Yeah. Anything yeah, can happen.
2: But you know what? I mean, you kind of touched on it. I mean, if, if I had kids... I mean, after only curling for five years, if I had young children, they're getting you know into sports and stuff like that. There's no question in my mind, I would direct them towards curling, mm. at least to give it a shot. And here's one of the things, you know, a lot is said about the spirit of curling. And there is such a thing. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind sport, no doubt, that develops, you know, amazing core values. Mm. You know, uh, sportsmanship, honesty, integrity family, camaraderie. Um, I found this quote when I was doing some research, and it said that curling is a game of skill and traditions. A shot well executed is a delight to see, and so, too, it is a fine thing to observe the time-honored traditions of curling being applied in the true spirit of the game. Curlers play to win, but never to humble their opponents. A true curler would prefer to lose rather than win unfairly. So that kind of sums it up, but I'm I'm curious, you know, the, the spirit of curling. I'm sure that you guys um, have something to say about the, about that as well. So Daryl, go ahead. Oh well,
4: that, that's uh, I think you quoted the spirit of cur- spirit of curling right there, um, but that, that is absolutely the truth. You know, like uh, how many times have we watched, you know, the New England Patriots? Sorry, Corey. You know, kind of run up the score on a team that's just, you know, like the Dolphins, right? Right. You know, like as as a fan, who wants to see a, a football game 64 to seven? Yep you know so so when a game's going out you know because you got four people on the ice let's say you're not feeling very well let's say at a late night or you know the bad flight or whatever some bad chinese food or whatever and uh you're just not playing very well and all of a sudden the game gets out of hand and it's you know you're you're halfway through and you're you're down by seven and you just nobody's feeling the mojo it's completely legit to say hey you know what team you know you know Corey, you guys played like awesome we're not gonna we're not taking anything away from you we're gonna tap out let's go buy you a beer and let's just go, kind of, you know, do the do the uh, the better part of curling, as far as just the sitting around the table, shooting the ball, talking about, you know, whatever, getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, you can totally throw uh, the, the white flag in, and it's not like, oh my gosh, these guys, I can't believe Horseman did that. Like, it's totally like, it's okay, because some days, you know, Corey's gonna be the team to drop out. Yep very unlikely oh, yeah. uh, very unlikely of course he's oh, such a winner
5: oh it happens oh it happens and it happens every season oh man yeah. but it, it is truly a game of a game of etiquette and yeah. um you know the best part is the community the community and yes. and you know being able to actually sit down and and uh, make some new friendships or build on some old friendships Absolutely. um and so kind of being able to touch on that and
3: mm-hmm. and uh and yeah yeah, so know, it's, so it's a gentleman's sport.
4: Absolutely. Well, it, it remains oh, yeah. to be one of the uh, the last games that doesn't have any referees out there. There's no zebras at, at all. So if you make an you know, infraction or you do something that's not right, the only it's person right. who's going to know is you and Jesus. So yeah. you you have to call it on yourself. Yep. You know, and, and, that, and integrity. That, yeah. And that gets taught right from you know day one. Yep. You know, you wouldn't even think there's a couple guys throughout the game, Corey, as, as you know that might have done something that maybe a little maybe a little off topic or a little off reservation, maybe a little questionable you know uh, but when it really comes down to it, if they got called on it um, they they would own up to it and, and fess up and, and and stop doing it you know
3: sure well, let me ask you this then as a as a homer locally here, mm. you obviously are involved with the curling club here mm-hmm. I have a little guy mm-hmm. two fifty a game it sounds better than little league and I, I, a are you guys currently open with all this COVID stuff and b how do i sign them up
4: well you know most curling clubs have a uh, learn to curl program you know they offer them uh probably a few times a month so you know i don't, I don't know what, what you guys are charging uh, up there Corey, but yeah, most clubs are you know 10 to 20 bucks you know for for instruction for probably three four Some, hours
5: yeah something around there
4: yeah so that's probably the best thing to do. Kind of have them come out. You know, sometimes for the kids, they, they do a little uh, abbreviated class, maybe an hour, because attention spans or whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, in in our club right now, we, we have a lack of, of of youngsters. So we're trying to get them in. You know, but a pro, you know, but a but a curling club, you know, that's a little more situated, a little more a senior uh, like uh, like Corey's club. You know, they, they probably have a, a thriving junior program where they have hundreds of kids. Um, just, just wanting to get out there and slide up and down the ice. Uh, no problem. I, I think I have a, tr- new,
3: a new hobby for the little man. <laughs>
5: oh, oh yeah, we, we truly do. There is, I think in Duluth, we got about a hundred plus juniors in our program. Um, and we're just struggling to, you know, be able to provide enough ice even with, even with eight sheets um so it's actually great to see and you know especially after you know johnny going and winning the gold medal it's uh, mm. um you just see this massive spark in in the interest and it's great to see you know especially new faces um in, in the curling club
4: yeah and as far as you know curling goes and let's say uh you know somebody who's seven eight years old who's maybe not uh, the motor skills aren't quite there yet you know, for let's say baseball or, or football or basketball, curling doesn't take all that much. Like if you can just slide out, uh, you know, two feet, and and even that, even if even if you're that kid who's just a just a, a klutz, you could just stand in the hack and, and just put. There's so many uh, uh, curling remains to be uh, one of the few sports that is so adaptable. You know, like you don't have to slide out like Corey dropkin to, to deliver a stone. You can just push it like how the rock gets from one end to the other end. We don't really care a whole lot. It's kind of like
3: your own swing. Yeah, you just own, exactly.
4: Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So that, that makes it so anybody can play, whether you're seven years old, seven years old, have a hip problem, don't have a hip problem or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm definitely going to have to look into that. Yeah. So. And, as, and as far as being uh, open, obviously this COVID thing, uh, we're, we're looking to most of the clubs. Well, right now, most of the clubs are, are closed for the summertime because uh, the, the hydro or the electricity is too expensive to pay for during the summertime. Yes. So uh, most of the club season is from uh, September, October through to April, mm-hmm. March, April. Um, but right now, everybody's kind of off on hiatus trying to figure out how do we get social distancing? How do we get, you know, do you sweep with masks? How do you how do you, you know clean the rocks? Like, There's so many things we have to figure out internally uh, from a curling club's perspective. Um, hopefully, we can get going. You know, by uh,
3: October? Well, I, I will I will get the little guy on hold and ready for it. But uh, I know that I always hear about this personally, and I'm sure everybody can vouch on this. When the Winter Olympics happen, everybody gets the, <laughs> the curling craze. Mm. And do you guys see a spike in, like, uh, interest, membership, whatever you want to call it? And of that spike, what percentage actually sticks with it? You want to feel this one, Corey?
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, you know, I don't know if I could hit you with the percentages, um, but we we certainly do see a spike. I mean, there's there's so many people talking about curling, wanting to try curling, figure out where the nearest curling club um, approximately to them is, and um, you know, trying to figure out how to get on the ice, and and that's kind of been you know on the club's behalf, you know, trying to be able to run as many learn to curl as, as Daryl was saying, um, but it's it's really fun to see too, um, especially when you're just when there's more people than ever, you know, trying to, starting to chatter about curling and, um, cause you know, half the time, if you're introducing yourself as a curler, you know, there's either someone who's super into it or someone who doesn't really know what curling is. And right around that time period is, uh, when everyone's super involved in, in watching the Winter Olympics, watching curling. And, um, and so it's, you know, we certainly do see a spike and it's, it's fun to get the new faces out there and, and, uh, we just hope that they stick with it. And yeah. I know a- you know, exactly.
4: it, it's funny in uh, in Arizona, we, you know, because we're not really uh, known for for curling. You know, you go to Duluth curling, no problem. Yeah. You go to you know uh, Minneapolis curling, no problem. You know, uh, but here, you know, we 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 would probably do 120 corporate learn. You know, 120 people uh, a month for for learn to curl. Uh, during the Olympics, we were up to 600. Oh, geez. To, to yep. throw it in for some some perspective. Yep. And of those 600, wow. probably a quarter of them. Didn't want to throw a stone; they just want to come in and just learn. take pictures. Take pictures, <laughs> yeah. Well, they just want to learn because they because yeah, they watch an Instagram on TV and Facebook, yeah. And they don't know how to score. They don't know what the, you know. They think the rings are points like like uh, darts, you know. So half of them just or a quarter of them just come in to say, "Just tell me how, because I got to go home and I got to watch curling at two a.m. So I'm going to do this learner curl now. So I so you'll tell me what I'm I'm looking for, and then I'll go and I'll have a great viewing experience. Yeah, you know, like the viewership in, in across the U.S. and online and Canada just through the through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, curling is
2: insatiable, right? I I agree, hundred percent. I think a lot of people do. A lot of people like closet curlers. Oh, a ton of them. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so one of the common threads of what you guys just talked about was uh, you know the youth and getting getting folks involved in curling at a very young age. That's the lifeblood of the sport moving forward, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Corey, you just recently um, released, I guess, Katie's Club, and I know originally that was supposed to be like a like an in person type. Um, activity, you know, and you're going to travel around, you know, the, the country, um, you know, training or, you know, getting to know new curlers. Now it's gone to a virtual thing. You want to talk a little bit about that?
5: I would love to. Yeah. So um, Katie's Club is sort of something that I created this, this past or this summer. I was supposed to host a couple different summer curling camps, one in Denver and one in the GNCC, the Grand National uh, East Coastern area. Um, and both of them unfortunately got canceled and, you know, I wanted to be able to still provide something for those junior curlers and, um, as well as all junior curlers in the U S any and all that wanted to join. And, um, so that's kind of how I came up with this KD's club and, and kind of the basis of it is sort of on a, uh, building a foundation of fitness. So it's a six, six week program within the club. Um, in which each week we hop on on Zoom and have a meeting and we go over the routine of the week, which is focused on dry land training between strength, conditioning, some mobility exercises. Um, and, you know, I, I have, I'll have videos with, uh, you know, voiceover explanation, being able to really kind of break it down for them. And all of this will be archived as well so that the members, the kids can go back and rewatch. And those who maybe have to miss a meeting Um, can, can go back as well. And, uh, and then along with that, um, I'm going to be having guest speakers come on, whether it's recorded or live um, professional curlers from around the world, you know, whether that be from, uh, from Sweden or Scotland or Canada, or, you know, yours truly Schuster from, from the U S and so kind of just, just the sort of platform to be able to keep these kids engaged and connected and, and, then you know, basically let them know that, you know, the curlers like, you know, uh, you know, elite curlers are still there to to help them, and we and we want to see them kind of rise into into the position of being able to carry on, um, you know, the work ethic and being able to carry on, you know, our passion for the sport, and um, so it's pretty it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward to running it. Uh, registration's open right now, um, on our website curlingdynamics.com. And, uh, and everything starts up in August. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Something that I've been really thinking about and, and, um, trying to put together for a long time now, actually, um, it kind of supports my, my, you know, side deal in which I, I, every throughout the season, I give lessons on, on the ice. And, um, and so I've, I've always really wanted to be able to do something as well virtually. And this is kind of a great opportunity for these kids because, you know, all these summer camps, I'm sure, have been canceled and, you know, at least something to keep them engaged with their friends and hopefully build new relationships and even form new teams um, for those kids that otherwise might not have that ability to.
2: Is uh, is this for young curlers of all levels?
5: Yep. Yep. Uh, U21 curlers. So, okay. you know, they can be they can be six, seven, eight years old. They can be 13, 14, 15, 20, 21. Um, junior curlers that, uh, that want to join the club and and the fit, the fitness routines are um, they can be scaled to the different ages and different fitness levels for these kids. Um, And so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's, you know, I really wanted to focus on it being all inclusive. I'm very passionate about being able to um, develop the, the upcoming juniors and, and being able to kind of grow the sport and work with as many of them that, you know, are, pro- are passionate about wanting to improve and, and, you know, being able to give them an outlet, um, sort of a backbone of support to be able to, you know, allow them to grow.
2: Yeah. So Corey, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you're, you're still a young guy in the sport and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, your trajectory is unbelievable at this point. Um, there was a point in, in your curling career where you threw that first rock, right? Same thing with you, Daryl. There's a point when you threw that first rock. um, you know what? Who, who, who are your mentors? I guess that that that's a question that I have. I'd, I'd love to know, Daryl. Who was your mentor in curling?
4: Well, back for uh, for me, it was uh, Jeff Stoughton and Kerry uh, Burtnick. back in the day. Those were the the up and comers that I, that I had to lose to quite a bit, um, and and just watch. Um, you know, Wayne Madaw, of course. Um, those were probably the three. The three that I, that I watched, you know, and just kind of emulated mm-hmm. and try to listen to how they talk, how they, how they move, how they thought, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think I knew I was watching tapes back then, you know, right. but I, I was. I was like, how are they doing that? Okay, so I, when I go out after, because um, all the parents would come out, you know, or be, be finished curling, and then all of us kids would go run on the ice. And uh, so I would pick a sheet, yeah. and I'd say, okay, well, I saw on, on, on Saturday, you know, Carrier, you know, Jefferson said, we do this. So I'm going to try that fail horribly of course but you just stick with this stick with this stick with it, and it gets easier and easier and easier and you know i have always uh, thought uh because i've been curling for what 40 years now i guess the there there's never been a time where the 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 sport of curling has bored me
2: mm.
4: you know like as, as soon as i got to a certain aptitude the curling god said well here daryl try this i be like well shit <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that with a curling rock or a broom or maybe a strategy or an in off or, or something, you know. So so the the uh, the game really kind of grew with me. Yeah. So as I got smarter and a little bit more accomplished, I could do more, and that was that was that was a lot of fun, you know, because it was like, what's what's the next challenge? Like it was almost like leveling up in a video game. Yeah. You know. So for a little for for you know a twelve year old, fifteen year old,
2: I'm like, sign me up! I I know all about this. That's a great analogy, the video game thing. Yeah. That's awesome. So Corey, you've kind of grown up in a little bit different time than uh, than Daryl has. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, you know how it started for you. Who, who who would you consider your curling mentors?
5: Oh gosh, there's there's numerous mentors for me. I think um, it's hard to just name a few, um, but it all started even before I was sliding. My my mom would put me on a rock and kind of just shut me down the ice. But um, I you know I think for for me the the first few mentors of mine were my family because. Mm-hmm that's kind of who I originally looked up to when I got started. So my brother, who was five years older, Stephen, um, my parents, um, and, and then as I, as I grew up and, and, you know, watched more curling, got to understand the sport a little bit more and, and, um, you know, watch the best is, you know, I was always watching Pete Fenson and John Schuster and, you know, Chris Plies, you know, dominating the junior circuit and, you know, you know, watch the international curlers like Kevin Martin and mm. and uh, Glenn and Russ Howard, and you know sweepers like Ben Hebert, who's who's still a beast today. Crazy. And um, you know, there's so many different parts of the sport. Um, be between you know how you how you call the game as a skip, how you sweep a rock, um, and you know how how you slide. The differences in your techniques that you have. You know, curling is kind of one of those games in which you can kind of make yourself your own really. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as Daryl's saying, you know, you watch these professional curlers, you know, do their thing and you, you know, you remember your little bits and pieces about their technique and what they did and, and then you go out on the ice after that and, and you, you try those, you know, you know, putting your foot here, bringing the broom here. Um, you know, maybe maybe the, the way you release or where you hold it on the handle. Um, there's just so many different things you can kind of break down about the sport. And that's what always makes it so interesting. And, and I think any curler can say that they're they're It's a continuous learning experience. Um, even, even the best are still learning.
4: Absolutely. And, And, and what's cool and what's, I think separates, uh, you know, curling from, from every other sport is that, you know, you could see, you know, Corey at his club in Duluth practicing and kind of come out and say, Hey, Corey, like, Hey, I'm a big fan. I love you. Like, uh, could you show me? I, I always, you know, I dump my intern, or I, I, I have a hard time with my my slide foot. Can you help me out? And Corey's gonna, you know, if he's got time, he's gonna spend all day with you if he can, or for sure he's of gonna course. spend spend the next half hour with you. and Say, okay, kid, I can let me show you this. you know, like, you there's I don't know any sport like I, I can't just go up to Wayne Gretzky and say, hey Wayne, like you know I kind of flip my you know, my bow. Like <laughs> how my how do I score more goals? Like just, those they're not available. But every curler like John, like you know with Chris Plys. <laughs> the howards every everybody that that's been mentioned so far they will take their time out of their day because somebody had to do that for 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 us you know so it's a really kind of a pay it forward pay it back kind of a kind of a kind of a thing and it's so grassroots nobody's got an ego Except for for Benny, but he, it's it's well deserved. It's well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's well deserved. But oh yeah. But but you know, like for the most part, Benny's still gonna
2: you know help you if he can. You
5: know. That's what that what that's <laughs> what makes Benny Benny though. Yes, <laughs> he's. Yes. Uh, you, I, I, I don't know. I'm,
2: I'm friends with uh, Ben Heebs on uh, on Facebook. Yeah. He's uh, he actually works for a survey company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy. So um, he's. Freaking ripped right now!
4: Yeah, holy! He lost shit. a lot of that winter
2: fat. Yeah. like the last three months. Yeah. I mean, oh my yeah, god, been... he is ripped. He's,
5: he's certainly been taking this time to uh, uh, really work on his uh, on his physique. I'm sure he's uh, <laughs> he like he likes to let you know how he's feeling too.
3: Yeah, he went the opposite <laughs> way of uh, how I've handled this the COVID nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, everything you just said about being uh, like uh, helpful and paying it forward. I, I would relate it to all surveyors I've met until he said, you know, lack of ego. Surveyors <laughs> seem to have an issue with that one. Draw the line there. Yeah. Once he said that, I was like, oh, he was on such a roll. And then, but, you know, it's, it's, it, there are those parallels. And this whole KD's club sounds like the Get Kids What's into Curling. Exactly. So yes, that's exactly what it is. There yeah. are a lot of parallels here.
2: Yeah, for sure. So let's um, let's go down the path of, this is going back to Anything is Possible, you know, the documentary. And I think a lot of people would have the same question. It looked like, so the the U.S., I don't want to say failed, but I I think that word has been used before in 2010 and 2014 and essentially embarrassed ourselves as far as curling goes. Um, Then they developed the high-performance program, right? And, Corey, I I believe you're you're part of that, correct?
5: Uh, Yes, I sure am.
2: So that essentially is developing a new generation of curlers this is almost like the six million dollar man program right where there's um, you know top elite coaching nutritionists and trainers and sports psychologists right. and this has just become like a chemistry experience you know what uh is this working daryl go ahead
4: well well we got the gold so y- yes but yeah but were they Boom. part of the program
2: though
4: <laughs> Uh, they are you talking like John the Boys? Yeah. Of course they weren't. That's that's the big, you know, movie <laughs> that's gonna come out in twenty twenty three. But yeah. Um you know, they they certainly tin copped it. But you know, they, they 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 worked hard, they they put in the work and you know, kind of said, USA, you, you can't ignore us. We're 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 hitting all the metrics, you you've got a lot of sin or you guys are, are, are stupid. You know, so of course USA, you know, did the right thing, which is the only thing they could do. Um so so is, is it working you know the uh, the ioc really had a kind of a frank talk with with uh, the usca after the last olympic performance and said listen guys you got to do something and that's sort of how the hp program kind of came and got retooled and um i, I think you know there, there's there's some people that um and Corey, i certainly certainly pop in here if i'm saying something out, out, out of school here but i think the there, there are some people who love the hp program you know, like 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 in in Canada most of the most of the teams are are four people that have, have kind of self made their own team and they've played together for 20 years and they came up through the juniors and they're just they have so much good chemistry that they've worked on for 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 10 years you you, you would never think of just kind of plucking uh, you know, people from here or there, which is now sort of the norm now that the res- res- residency rule has, has been changed. But the, uh, the, the HP model that the uh, USCA is, is more of a European thing where they say, OK, let's look at our pool of, of talent. And you know, we've got, uh, you know, 10 men, 10 men, uh, 10 women. Let's get the four best ones together. Or here's what we need. We need a really good sweeper. We need a really good motivator. We need a really good because all the positions on a curling team are, are much like a baseball team. You, know, you got the shortstop. You got the second baseman. You got the, yep. f- the first baseman. So you got to get each 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 ingredient right, yeah. and then you hope you, you make just the the best team. And then okay, so we're gonna we're gonna swap out this player for this player, and you just kind of massage as as the years or the season the years go on. Um, so I think there's more and more people in the world that are getting uh, warmed up to that idea. You know, so you guys. Yeah, something? I think. Go ahead, Corey.
5: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I think um, the performance program. It's it's been under uh, a continuous progression of of really um, bringing it from you know just the program's eyes to both the program and the athlete's eyes. Kind of the discretion of, of both of us and being able to really find that fine line of of that skill, but as well as that chemistry part of the sport. Because you can't quite always just put four you know of the best athletes, maybe four skips or four um, you know of the best shot makers on the ice together and just expect success. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, originally it's, it's easy to just think that that might work. Um, But, you know, as we've, as we've found, you know, especially with this tight niche sport, there's only four or five players on a team on the ice playing at a time, you know, we all really have to work together um, very smoothly, very, um, you know, we have the flow. you got to find your mojo, and, and the, the chemistry is important. Um, but, you know, we, it's been a continuous progression, and I think we're actually at a pretty darn good spot right now, and I think a lot of people have warmed up. Certainly, you know, there, there, are, there are certainly going to be those folks that, you know, aren't enthusiastic about the program, um, but they're doing a lot of good, and they're supporting you know a lot of the, the the top curlers that are out there, and they're and they're working on building more of a support program as well for you know those the middle of the rotors that um, that that want to improve and want to get better, um, and are looking for that type of um, you know that type of help, that type of support. And so you know right now they're working on building that, and and I know that that's going to be uh, amazing for us and the growth of, of the skill and the talent in, in USA curling.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, need, you need to have, you need to, need to have that feeder system that goes from You know, I want to curl two nights a week to all of a sudden I want to curl seven days a week. Now, oh gosh, now I want to go maybe on tour, maybe try to win a couple bucks. So you need to have like, uh, you know, Corey's been successful at the the tier two level, but we need maybe like a tier three, tier four, kind of a feeder system to kind of grow that uh, that high performance program so that we have, you know, in in let's say five years, I don't know, 25 great athletes that, that are... You know, they understand the, the psychology, they understand the game, um, and, and that's just going to fuel. Because the, the, the big thing with curling is that, you know, it's, it's still the only sport where a professional curler can't, you know, uh, make enough money to support themselves all year. You know, so a lot of people, you know, like Pete Fenson, Corey mentioned, you know, he, uh, he runs a pizza parlor, hmm. you know. So you, you have to work kind of half time. You know, Benny, when he's not, you know, doing survey or whatever, he's got a very understanding boss. Yeah, but but he's he's working when he's not curling, yeah. so you know if if the U.S. can really start shining cons, uh, consistently year after year at the at these high level tournaments and and, and these events, then then all of a sudden you get NBC money, you get sports money. You know, I was just listening to uh, uh, Warren Hansen uh, from uh, Curl Canada talk today. The uh, the ratio is ten to one. So if you are if you earn a dollar in Canada, you're going to earn ten dollars in the U.S. And he likened it to the, you know, the Canadian uh, PGA, hmm. you know, and then you look at the, the, the U.S. PGA, the, the, the money, of the, the purse is, is off the charts. So if we can get the U.S. to be just this juggernaut powerhouse of curling, like you think, uh, you know, Sweden, you know, you, you think Canada, you think, you know, uh, the U.K. But if we can get, you know, the U.S. up in that, in that top hmm. tier, all of a sudden you can have all this cash and just good things will happen. For curling, for the guy who's just coming up for two nights a week, or the guy who wants to go to the next Olympics. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the new president of USA Curling. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, I always like
3: I, I've looked at curling as like bowling, where you can drink, smoke, and eat while you're playing. Yeah. And there is
2: that aspect.
3: It, it, well, and then that one ESPN or Netflix thing you made me watch that about curling, and the guys were all the old days drinking and smoking the whole time. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. Is it, like, becoming actual – I don't want to demean the I people think- of the past, but, are like, are they actually becoming athletes and this is – Have you a-
2: seen Have you seen Corey Dropkin? No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I see Daryl Horseman. He's an athlete. I, I can clearly tell he could kick my ass here, but I'm just asking in general, like, are, are – I wasn't. Yeah, like, I, think that, bl- I I'm not blown away. Like these guys look like they're ripped or anything, but they're clearly athletes, and is, the training and everything is going up. And you guys are becoming. I don't want to say legitimate. I, I feel like I'm just being <laughs> an, a, a jerk to the sport, but uh, oh, it's no. becoming more serious.
4: Well, I'll, I'll give you a stat, and then Corey can can pick it up. The uh, oh, yeah. in, in a normal in, in a normal game, you will burn anywhere from 1,200 to 1,400 calories in, in a game. Most okay. women burn anywhere from eight to 900.
2: That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't sweep nearly as hard. Oh yeah, my true. goodness! Go ahead, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna walk off on that one. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Corey.
5: Oh, they're sweeping hard. You trust me, <laughs> especially especially on those 10 end games, six yes. or three. Th- oh, that's three a Three game thing. days, yeah. three game days, and you got that front end sweeping six rocks in a row. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's pretty crazy. We uh, we've certainly. And I think this is kind of goes back to. What uh, you know, the documentary, any uh, anything is possible is about you know it's not just about that Olympic gold run, but it, it's about sort of the evolution of the sport, uh, um, you know, throughout the world, but also in USA Curling um, and how there are so many more athletes that are really kind of raising their focus on their fitness. Um, you know, we we have been seeing that fitness helps improve our consistency um, and our ability to to make different shots. If that means that instead of having to explode out of the hack a hundred percent to make the run back triple, you know, only having to push off out of the hack, you know, at 75, 80%, um, having a lot more control, a lot more balance. Um, and, and then, you know, as a sweeper, being able to sustain your, you know, your, um, your, your condition for, for a full weekend or a full week, especially now with, you know, the world championships, there's, you know, 12 or 13 game round robin before you even, make it to the playoffs um that's a lot of curling in a week um and you know athletes have really become more uh focused on on you know building their strength building their endurance building their mo- mobility their balance and all of that so you know you certainly find a lot a lot more athletes are, are taking that into consideration um it's you know it's not always just the you know, beers and cigs on ice anymore like it like it originally was uh and you know now, don't get me wrong, we're certainly going to have a couple beers afterwards, potentially, um, given the circumstance. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, you certainly see this, the sport evolving, and it's, it's fun to watch, too. You know, I love seeing other curlers getting at it in the gym and, and you, know, you know, evolving themselves. It's, it's really cool to see it.
2: Yeah. Again, another parallel between curling and serving. Beers and cigarettes. Be- <laughs> beers and cigs. <laughs>
3: hey, Jake, could you... Uh for layman's terms, explain everything he just said. What's that Pearson said? About the hack and, oh, the the, and the skip. Yeah. Can you get all that just clear clarify it? I those. think I'd have to Google a couple of those. <laughs>
2: so one thing both uh Daryl and Corey both touched on was team chemistry mm. and how important that is. You know, again you can't take the four or five best curlers. Mm maybe their skips or whatever and create a great team mm-hmm. because you'd never know about the chemistry, right? And I look at like Team Schuster, for example, right? We had, we had Landstein run, mm-hmm. and he's like the most mild-mannered, you know, unassuming, <laughs> humble individual that I think I've ever met in my life, you know, for somebody who has an Olympic medal. right? And, you know, we were talking to him a little bit about, like, you know, what, is, what does John bring? You know, what does Matt bring, you know? And everybody brings something different. Yep. And uh, it's just, it's 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 not as just it's not as easy as putting the five best athletes together. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about
3: it. You can't just totally. build the Yankees of curling. No, it's not like <laughs> you that. can't buy it.
2: It's not like that. What do you what do you what do you say to that, Corey?
5: Um, it's that's com that's 100 accurate. Um, you know every everyone on the team's got a, a certain purpose. Um, you know as you as you see on John's team, you know. Lance is sort of the, uh, you know, more of a quieter guy, but, uh, you know, assuring for Schuster and, and Hamilton's a bit more of a spokesperson on the team kind of brings the energy and, and Chris kind of brings also sort of that calm, cool and collected personality that, that, you know, can just go out there and make shots. Um, you know, on our team, it's, you know, it's, it's very similar. Tom brings the humor. Um, you know, Mark, Mark brings the, uh, you know, he brings the shot making and, and, you know, the, uh, you know, super intelligent guy he knows the sport so well. And, um, Joey is very calm, cool and collected and brings that sort of experienced personality. Ziggy's, Ziggy's a little goofball and, um, and just a fun guy to be out in the ice with as well. And, um, and think we got them on the team cause I can get a little bit too serious out there myself. Um, <laughs> But then, you know, from our mixed doubles team, Sarah and I, you know, we've known each other for forever. And, you know, we kind of just know what each other needs. And that's really what it's all about, being able to actually know um, kind of who's bringing what piece to the team and, um, and and being able to be supportive, especially in the times, the moments that you need it the most, knowing what to say and what not to say.
4: Yeah, there's a there's a, 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 cur- a curling, a, a coaching jewel, I guess, if, if you... Yeah little nugget <laughs> and and r- rather than saying to your teammates how can i how can daryl go out and play the best he can for my team you know th- there's a, a coaching uh, saying where you know what can i do to make sure you know cory has the best game today flip it around a little bit you know so so you're, so you're not ta- talking about just personal you're saying what what, what can i give cory to make sure he shoots the best he can today Maybe that's you know a safe word. Maybe that's given some time. Whatever it is, we'll have, we'll have a discussion. But you know, I, I think a lot more teams are, are, are looking at it like that, rather than just me, me, me. How, how can I get my stats up? But how can I make sure your stats? Because if you're going to shoot ten percent better and you're going to shoot twenty percent better, and I, for those guys at home, I'm, I'm pointing to everybody now. You know, if you, and if I can get you to you know shoot you know eighty we'll, percent, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably win. You know, but if I go out there and say right. I don't give a shit about you guys, but I'm going to shoot ninety. It doesn't matter, like how, Corey. How many? How many? I can't even think of how many games I've lost. Thinking, okay, I'm going to shoot 90. I don't give a shit what you guys are going to do. I'm going to carry you all across the finish line, hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, by uh, Saturday morning, I'm uh, packing up the van and uh, going home because it didn't, it didn't work.
2: Yep, it
3: doesn't work. I, I, yeah. Just, yeah. I just heard Kennedy in my head. Ask not what your country can do for you. <laughs> ask what you can do for your country. That's it. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's really interesting
2: though. I mean, the analytics side of it. Mm. It's like off the charts now. It's yeah. unbelievable, the statistical analysis they are tracking. Yeah. That's every everything. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's sort of money, it's money ball. Very yeah, I was going to say the money ball of curling. <laughs> Cerebral. We got
3: Getting on base. Billy Bean over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so when it comes to curling, um, you guys explained how you got started and everything, but what motivates you on a daily basis? And um, I guess... What what do you want the legacy to be beyond KD's club and Daryl's? You know uh, the Coyotes. Yes, the Coyote Curling Club. What what's the legacy you guys want to leave behind for yourselves and the sport? Go ahead, Corey.
5: I think the most important thing for me is is really building on becoming the best curler and the best teammate and competitor I can be, being, being respectful, being known for my work ethic, um, but also being known to grow the sport in any way as I can. Um, you know, I, I, one of my biggest goals within the sport is to be able to, you know, legitimize it to the point in which you can be a professional curler and, and play year-round traveling and, and earning an income that you don't need to have that, that side job for. Um, that's kind of, you know, my, one of my, one of my biggest focuses, you know, I, you know, I, yes, I, I want to go and I want to win the Olympics. I want to go win a world championship. I want to win a grand slam of, of curling event, a tier one slam event. Um, but you know, I also want to be a very respectful athlete and, and, um, a great teammate and, um, and kind of build this sport to become something more special than it is when I came into it.
4: Yeah, that's Awesome. I think I'm going to cry a little bit.
3: I, I, see, I see the tear. I see. I see the one single tear. You want a hug? Little alligator
4: tear. Uh, and I guess. I guess my legacy is uh, want to be known maybe as as a, a guy who did all he could for the sport of curling and helped on and off the ice as as much as he could to try to help individuals, clubs, communities um, be all they could be. Uh, for themselves, on the ice as competitors, and off the ice as as just good humans.
2: Fantastic.
3: Now I got a tear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do want to ask you guys one question, because we haven't really touched on it. So, like, COVID-19 and everything else that's kind of happening right now in the world, I mean, the beauty about curling is there's, there's men's, there's women's, there's mix, there's wheelchair, there's this diversity movement, right? And, of course, now we have a pandemic. How do you think this could potentially reshape the game? Daryl?
4: Well, how, well, obviously, uh, the social distancing piece of it is, is different. You know, because you, you can't have, let's say, 8,000 people come in and watch a game, which is going to affect the, the economy of curling because it's going to affect the purse because you don't have uh, all, the, all the people watching. Um, at, at a club level, how do you have, you know, 300 people come in because – there's there's usually two or three draws a night at these curling clubs. They usually have forty to sixty people coming and going at any time. So, from 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 just a logistics perspective, how do you keep it clean? How do you how do you keep people from not touching and infecting? Uh, then you've got just people's, you know, they're scared about it. You know, the, half the people think COVID's a fake. The other half think it's a it's a real deal. It's like a flesh eating disease. Yeah. So, half the people don't even want to curl, even though they love it. So how do how do you how do you, how do you uh, appease that? You know, I think I think Corey's doing a great job by, by taking it virtual. Um, obviously, we can't have a curling club. There's a lot of curling clubs that, if they don't open their doors in the next probably twelve weeks, are going to go under. because yeah, there's in the U.S. there's there's no, um, and I'm, I'm not sure about uh, Minnesota, but there, there's really no state funding. Whereas in Canada, like curling clubs are like a, I don't know, like a, uh, I don't know, like a school or something like that, where either they get uh, provincial funding. So. If, if they don't open, they're going to go under. And if they go under, that's going to be really sad. So I don't know. You know, the, the big push is doing maybe like a triples curling where you just have like hmm. one thrower, one sweeper, one one skip. Hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of clubs are doing uh, kind of what the restaurants are doing with the 50% occupancy. So if you've got an eight-sheeter, you know, you can do every, every other sheet. And then sure. you try to appease those who, who want to come back. I don't there's, – there's, there's not too many uh, ways to do this. Yep. You, you know, there's not an endless supply of uh, ideas because there's like three good ones. Yep. And then the rest are all crap. Yeah. yeah. Good Corey, point. What, yeah. Are, what are you seeing out there?
5: You know, it's a little concerning. I, I'm not really sure how everything's going to gonna go and, and what curling is going to look like moving forward um, between a club and, a, and uh, you know, a tour standpoint. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I do think, you know, within the clubs we're we are probably going to find that doubles and, and triples is going to become a lot more common. Um, otherwise, there will be four person curling and one person might be, you know, standing or sitting on the side with a beer in their hand. Um, but no, uh, I it's going to be really interesting to see what all happens. I'm you know, it's it's hard to perceive it at a tour level changing to triples or, or changing, you know, you know, the element as it is. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of clubs that are are trying to figure out and make it and make it work. Um, I do know, you know, you know, for leagues, some clubs are, you know, having half the sheets start on the other side and half start on, you know, one side of the board. So not everyone's, you know, grouping together and and, and, getting, and becoming a bit more cluttered. Um, I, you know, Whether there's going to be, you know, the requirement of wearing masks on the ice or not. And, you know, just as Daryl said, half the the folks around here, you know, think it's a joke and half, you know, think it's extremely serious. And, um, you know, we all have our own belief. And hopefully that doesn't take people away from, you know, continuing curling in the, you know, the short term. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how everything shapes up moving forward.
4: Yeah, you know, on, on the pro level, there there's like 14 tour events, you know, slams a, a year, and now they're only going to have, I think, two, right, Corey? Uh, maybe starting in uh, uh, October, November, possibly. And so that's going to, you know, all of a sudden your your view, viewership goes, you know, you got the, uh, the the advertising dollars go down, you know. Yeah. To sustain so, the, the, go ahead, go ahead, Corey.
5: Oh yeah, sorry about that, Daryl. Yeah, so the the slams all just got postponed until April, mm-hmm. um, and and so that, yeah, and you know because the slams are known for having these 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 massive audiences, and those are some of the most fun curling events to play at, um, and you know they can't they can't survive without being able to host the audience though um so you know the slams are being postponed till april Mm. and and we'll see what happens from there you know that that may or may not be the beginning footsteps of of more events being canceled postponed or just mainstreamed within their own country Mm -hmm. um you know it's all a question mark as to whether the canadian border is going to open or not and you know whether anyone's gonna be coming overseas and um and so there's there's a lot of uncertainty you know We, we hope it we hope it uh Shapes out in a way that allows uh, not just you know us tour athletes, but you know all club curlers to to be able to play in some way, shape, or form.
3: Sounds, uh, sounds to me like we need a Disney World bubble for these guys. Totally, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be so awesome. Yeah, and I, and I think it's those Slam events that
4: really kind of keep the the momentum of curling going. Like once curling you know uh, opens up in in uh, April, then you got you know almost every weekend you've you've got a, a, a Slam event or, or a tour event on that you can watch. And and that keeps I think it kind of fuels the local guys keeps uh-huh. it, it, it fuels the local uh, clubs going because yep. you might catch the you know you, you might see you know Corey uh, you know playing in tier tier two or something and uh, go oh shit, I, know, I I know that guy I think he could cruise over here and then it just yep. keeps the buzz going yep. but when that buzz isn't there yep. what's going to sustain you know almost like getting a, like the hot coals of a fire like what's going to be your base to kind of keep this thing going and yeah you know guys like uh, Reed Carruthers buddy who, who he he gave up uh, teaching. Just to go full-time into curling um, because he he, he wins a lot Um, but now with him not playing he's he's actually really scared like how how is he gonna he's either gonna go back to go back to teaching or or find some sort of side gig
2: so it it puts a lot of questions on the players and 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 the the sport yeah so the ripple effect it's we still don't know what it's going to be honestly and you know what i mean i kind of equated a little bit to like small restaurants small local restaurants Mm -hmm. and large chain restaurants. I mean, you're going to have these curling clubs that are just massive to begin with that mm-hmm. are they're going they're going to be sustainable. They're going to survive this one way or the other. Then you have curling clubs like, you know, like Coyote's Curling Club, mm-hmm. small club, right? It's going to be tough right. to rebound from this. Yeah, you know? and, and, I mean, and It's, there's it's no scary. Money.
3: And
4: it's and scary. It, and there's no COVID money out there for curling clubs. Exactly. You no know, small exactly. business loans no, or money. No pandemic fund for curling. Yep.
3: Well, okay. So, I assume as everybody is a listener, if you're listening now, um, you guys know this question's coming. Do you have a mantra that you live by? And we'll start with you, Daryl. You know, I do, and I, and I got it
4: ready here because I knew this question was coming, and I didn't want to s- jack it up. I love this
2: <laughs> question. <laughs> so for me... We need to write a book about this, actually. Mm-hmm.
4: So for, for me, my mantra is, What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. Mm. Of course, that's Pericles.
3: I was going to say, that seems uh, that's stolen. Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah. Legit. That is excellent. Yeah.
4: yeah, I might put that on my rib. I'm not sure.
3: What about you, Corey?
5: You know, one of the things that I've always told myself um, that I just sort of call mantra is if, if I'm not out there working right now, there's someone else that is. And so that's mm-hmm. that's something that I always tell myself, especially mm-hmm. early in the morning, if uh, if I needed to get up and, and need a little motivation for myself. That's something I try to live by. Always always trying to be the hardest worker in the room.
2: I'm gonna use that one tomorrow. As you say, these curlers are deep thinkers. Absolutely, (laughs) it's a cerebral sport, dude. It's all the shrinks we deal with. You have no idea. So, real quick, this is this is like we've gone way over, but that's okay. I got a really interesting yet fun question. We call it the "Would You Rather" question, right? Okay. So, Daryl, would you rather be the funniest guy in the room or the most intelligent guy in the room? Funny. Really? Yep. Dude, you're like the chupacabra. You're both. (laughs) <laughs> How about you, Corey? Funniest guy in the room or most intelligent guy in the room?
5: You know what? I'm gonna go with most intelligent guy in the room. I love it. I love it.
2: <laughs> what about you, Jake? Because then,
5: because then Daryl, because then Daryl and I will make a great
3: team. Yes. Absolutely,
4: wingman. Yes.
2: Exactly. I'm going with funny. Definitely funny.
3: I, was really? using, I think that's a trick question because he is the most intelligent man in the yeah, room. I know. Oh, come I'm on. <laughs> <I'm> totally surprised. <laughs> to that.
2: Totally surprised to hear that answer, out of Jake. What do yeah. you got? Oh, I'd go funny for sure. Really? Most like
3: really intelligent people are like crazy. Yeah. Smarter just... you are. Yeah. No, I'm not. Call, I'm, me, crazy. call me crazy. Call me crazy.
2: No, I am definitely in the uh, most intelligent camp. No doubt about it. Do you got a minute for a quick funny story? You bet. Of
4: course. The uh, just to kind of bring it around full it circle. Rocks. Yep. The uh, Tom Cochran was a neighbor of mine, because so I used to live up in uh, in uh, Lee River, Manitoba, yeah. off the Lee River, and uh, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, I'm up there visiting mom and dad, and uh, it's off of off of a, a river, and in, in comes this beaver plane, you know, with the pontoons, yep. and lands like crazy. Mom's feeding the ducks. The ducks all kind of run away. <laughs> and she's like screaming at the plane, slow down. You're scaring the ducks, son of a bitch. And she's just going off, you know. Yeah. I'm like, ma. Like, like three days in a row, the plane takes off in the morning, comes back, you know. I'm like, well, what's, wh- why do you hate this guy? She goes, ah, he just comes in. He's such an asshole. He drives the plane so fast. He, you know, he, he, he can't be any wakes, you know. And uh, I'm like, well, do you know who it is? Like, should we go talk to him? She's, ah, she's he's some singer. I don't know. I'm like, well, what's his name? She's like, Tom tom cock something am i mean, cochran tom cochran oh she goes yeah god. yeah yeah that's him that son of a bitch he comes in with his plane and he just lived you know maybe a quarter of the mile down the, down the way. oh my god yeah, that so, is so life awesome. is a highway it's busy on the waterway no question no mm-hmm. question yeah.
3: i i recently just a side note to your intelligent person <laughs> in the room I recently watched the Sonic movie with Hudson and Jim Carrey's the guy and he's like, you know what the worst part about being the smartest person in the world is? Everybody else is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way every day.
2: (laughs) All right. That is so awesome. Well, hey, Daryl, Corey, thank you so much for joining us we really really appreciate it is there anything we haven't touched on that you might want to get out there daryl
4: well maybe um if anybody wants to or, or uh certainly hook us up on uh, or link us up on coyotes curling.com or facebook instagram um Corey, do you have any uh, uh, social media for uh, katie's club
5: yeah um yeah so katie's club we're on instagram and facebook uh kds.club um we also have our website curling dynamics um, in which anyone can find out some more information or register on there, um, as well as get a hold of me. Um, and I also wanted to say thank you to you all for having me. And I, I believe it was Ryan who had an anniversary today, correct? I just that wanted to say great. happy happy anniversary. And it's a privilege to be on here during your uh,
3: special night. I appreciate it. That's and, awesome. Uh, Absolutely. It, it's that important that I'm still here. <laughs>
2: Geoholics over everything. <laughs> Except yeah. for tattoos. No tattoos. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys again for everything. Check us out at geoholics.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We just surpassed 1,800 members on our LinkedIn page. Pretty freaking cool. Download our app. From landsurveyorsunited.com Email us at info at If you're interested in being a friend of the program It pays huge dividends Or a guest on a future show Tom Cochran Taking us out Life is a Highway Available on Spotify and Apple Music Please support local Every chance you get Pay it forward Add value Make friends And most importantly Be safe and healthy Thank you to our friends of the program Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu forward slash serving. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow. Bad Elf, bad-elf.com. Advanced Geodetic Survey, agsgps.com. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Diamondback Land Surveying, dbackls.com. Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com.